Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Thursday, July 9th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. And everybody, do me a favor, clap your hands. This is the 100th episode of Flyers Daily. We started this way back in January. Kind of crazy that we're still going here in uh, middle of July and the season still is not concluded. Uh, but 100 episodes of Flyers Daily. Thanks to everybody who listens, everybody who's subscribed to this podcast, everybody who's left us a rating and review. If you haven't, please do so. And again, just it's been a tremendous run and a tremendous ride already. We're looking to have a ton of fun coming up August 1st when the game gets back on the ice and conclude this season and bring this coverage for, to you going forward as well. So 100 episodes, and thanks to everybody at the Flyers organization, Zach Hill, uh, Joe Seville for doing such a good job helping us procure guests and Christine and Brian Bourne and Brian Smith and everybody uh, there as well. 100 episodes in uh, for the Flyers Broadcast Network of Flyers Daily. Uh, a heartfelt thank you from me in that regard. Now let's get down to the business. Coaches Week continues. Also, Awards Week continuing and Scott Lawton will join us who has picked up not one, but two team awards. More on that in a moment. Flyers Daily Podcast brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and the Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Philadelphia Flyers, only Penn Orthopedics has the reputation, the ingenuity, and the expertise to offer the region's widest array of treatments in every orthopedic specialty, all in a safe and secure environment. The Penn Orthopedics team creates the ideal care plan with options fueled by our own world-renowned research. Doing what once seemed impossible, so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at penmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. As I mentioned, a lot to get to on this episode. Uh, Coaches Week continues, and we'll talk to Flyers assistant coach Michelle Terrian in this episode. If you missed any of the past coaches this week, uh, on Monday we spoke with Flyers assistant Mike Yo. Yesterday's episode we spoke with Flyers assistant Ian LaPerriere. Today, Michelle Terrian, and uh, tomorrow's episode will feature Flyers goalie coach Kim Dillabaugh, and Elaine Vigneault will round that out here eventually over the next couple of days. Also, awards week continuing, and Flyers forward Scott Lawton has picked up not one but two awards. On Tuesday, it was announced that Scott Lawton was the winner of the Yannick Dupre Class Guy Award. Award. That's the flyer with character, dignity, and respect on and off the ice, and that's voted by the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Scott gets the, uh, the, the honor with that award. And then he also picked up, as voted by his teammates, the Most Improved Player, which is the Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Award. So we'll talk to Scott Lawton here in just a couple of moments. But the latest news and notes from the NHL and the return to play and the memorandum of understanding. TSN's Frank Zaravalli uh, further clarifying some de- uh, tentative dates the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed to in the memorandum of understanding. The Stanley Cup will be handed out no later than October 2nd. So if the playoffs are going to get underway uh, the, the best of five play in round August 1st, which is tentatively being reported pending ratification of uh, ownership and the Board of Governors and also the NHLPA voting is going on as we speak. Uh, if that ratification comes through an August 1st start, the Stanley Cup will be handed out no later than October 2nd. The free agency period will begin a week after that on October 9th. But in between free agency and uh, the uh, Stanley Cup being handed out, the other key here is you got to have your NHL draft. So the, the draft is tentatively scheduled for October 6th right now. So pending everything going through and this timeline staying intact, October 2nd will be the latest day the Stanley Cup is handed out. Very soon thereafter, a couple of days, 
the uh, NHL entry draft, the 2020 draft, and we still don't know the number one pick, uh, which team is going to have that. It'll be one of those teams that is playing in the best of five play-in round. One of the placeholder teams with a 12.5% chance will earn the right uh, by losing to draft Alex Lafreniere, the consensus over number one overall pick. And then training camp for the 2020-2021 season is slated to start November 17th. So roughly you got about five weeks from basically the free agency period or six weeks from when the cup is handed out to the free, the uh, training camp starting for next season, a full 82-game schedule, which the NHL plans to start that schedule on December 1st. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe this would go closer to Christmas. Maybe even the NHL would opt to start their season January 1st with an outdoor game, especially if uh, it was uh, available to have fans in the building. But right now, the NHL, their tentative date that they've agreed to with the uh, NHL Players Association is a start to the 2021 season on December 1st. So all good news here as things uh, progress towards getting the game back on the ice. The draft is now going to be set. Uh, the return to play is going to be set for August 1st. And uh, we're getting closer to high hockey and Flyers hockey, playoff hockey. It's just around the corner. So uh, great stuff from Frank Saravalli, uh, Bob McKenzie at TSN as well, uh, contributing on that. Uh, but as I said, a lot to get to in this episode. And we're going to start with my conversation with the Yannick Dupre winner and the Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy winner. It's the same guy, Scott Lawton. What a great year he's had. Here's my conversation with the Flyers forward. And joining us right now on Flyers Daily, happy to have him again. And he's on for a special occasion because we're trying to get the award winners on from the Flyers Award. And, and this guy's won two. How about the Yannick Dupre Class Guy Award, which is voted on by the Flyers media, and also the Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy, my favorite player of all time, as the most improved player, as voted by his teammates. Scott Lawton joins us right now. Lots, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just got uh, back into Philly, so um, kind of gearing up uh, for for a good start, and and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, excited to be back, and and uh, everything's going good. Well, let me ask you: cause, cause you don't play the game for awards, um, and, and to to kind of get these two awards, let's take them kind of one by one here. Um, the, the Yannick Dupree uh, Class Guy Award. Uh, Yannick passed away of leukemia at the age of 24 and just did so much great work in his community. Um, and the award named after him, there's also an AHL award uh, after him. Peter Forsberg's a, a former winner as well. Um, and this is voted on by the media. What does this award mean to you? Because it, I've, you know, I've said it a thousand times, Scott, when I talk to you, is that you're one of the guys that we'd love to talk to. We get an honest interview every time. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I really try and um, – I don't know, just speak the truth. And, and uh, I've tried to get involved in the community more uh, throughout the years. So um, just little things and, and honestly, just treat the people um, with respect. And um, there's so many people that are involved in the organization that uh, that put so much work into it and, and so many people outside the organization. So um, there's so many moving parts to, to make things go and, and uh, to make a good team. So... Um, at the end of the day, you just want to tr treat people um, like you want to be treated, and, and that's what I was taught growing up, and um, that's what I've tried to do, and, and uh, just try and be a good guy and a fun guy to be around. And, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, that's what I try to do and just put all, all my hard work into it. Well, to get this award for, as a hockey player, too, it, it means even more in a sense to me because I've been doing this a long time, and I've dealt with athletes in all of the sports and beyond. And it's widely known that 
NHL players are the best professional athletes to deal with. So to, to get that award, uh, uh, the flyer with character, dignity, and respect on and off the ice, uh, as voted by the Professional Hockey Writers Association, that's the Honor to Prey Award. But then you also pick up uh, uh, two, two here. <laughs> it's, it's a two-bagger for you. One more, you get the hat trick. Yeah. Um, the Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy as the most improved player, and that's voted on by your teammates. Um, and anything voted on by uh, your brethren and the guys that you share that room with always means a lot, a lot more even, doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, I've been in the organization for a little bit of time now. And um, to, to get that vote, I guess, from from some of the guys and, and uh, kind of for them to see uh, my hard work and um, just uh, kind of been up and down at the start of my career and, and uh, just tried to try to be able to stick and, and uh, be a reliable uh, NHL player and, and uh, just continue to, to work as hard as I can every day. And, and uh, that's what, uh, that's what I try and do. And, and a lot of it comes in the summer too. I think uh, you have to work on your, on your game and, and your craft and, and uh, a lot of little things that people don't see. And, and, uh, we have a lot of guys who do that in, in Philly, so um, uh, I'm really grateful and, and uh, just, I, I guess, uh, happy uh, that it's uh, these, these games. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned off the hop, too, Pelly um, tragically passed away in 1985, as we know, in a car accident and um, just a tremendous goaltender. Had won a Vesna prior to that, uh, tremendous player, and uh, this is very deserving, too. Scott, what's been different this year? Um, I mean, it, you've played 49 games, you, your points, uh, uh, you know, you're having a really good season statistically, 13 goals, 14 assists. Um, you're not only scoring goals, but you're scoring big goals at the right time. You're doing the little things right. Uh, you're really a complete hockey player right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's tough for me to pinpoint one thing and, and, uh, and say that's it. And, and uh, that's why things were clicking for me this year. But, uh, I think a lot of it uh, has to do with with how our team did and, and how successful we were, and then um, just the opportunity that AB gave me and, and uh, being able to uh, kind of carve out a role for me and, and uh, uh, put me in situations where I can succeed. So um, a huge part of that goes to, to the coaching staff and, and uh, a lot of the players have been uh, playing with two over the over the years and, and uh, just being more comfortable I think in the NHL and um, having confidence in myself to, to be able to know I can do things on the ice and, and uh, I guess it, uh, it it takes time when when you're up and down so um, yeah just just being comfortable and and uh, and uh, going to work every day. I had uh, Ian LaPerriere on yesterday, and um, he last played a game a decade ago in 2010, but he's played 1,083 hockey games, and we talked about you. Um, and, and he said, you know, when he was in player development, uh, the director of player development, he did a lot of work with you. Um, he, you're probably the player that he's worked with the most over his tenure as a coach in the NHL. Uh, what's it been like working with a guy like Lappy? Who, like I said, he did all the little things right to carve out a thousand plus game career. Um, he played the game with honesty, uh, very similar to the way you do. And he conducts himself off the ice as a player and as a coach, very similar to the way you do uh, as, as a professional as well. Yeah, I think uh, Lafayette was huge for me um, at, the, at the start of my career. And, and when I was a junior, he'd come to a lot of games watching me play. And, um, 
kind of helping me um, with my game as I got older. So, um, yeah, I, I really thank him. And um, I think he does a really good job of making you comfortable. I think you can be nervous uh, your first couple camps. And um, when he was with player development, he, he really helped me out with that and um, just tried to help me with little things. And he still continues to do it with the young guys. And um, I think it's really good for, for our group. And, um, he's just helped me a lot uh, throughout, uh, especially those early years where um, you can be a little nerve-wracking at, at your development camp. He's such a, a good guy and, and a good personality to, to have around the rink uh, to bring energy. Yeah, and when he he asks you to do something or tells you you need to do something, you know it's something that he did as a player as well, which I think carries a lot of weight with you guys. Um, let me take you back to 2016-17 where you spent 60 games with the Phantoms. You played two games for the Flyers that year. You were in the NHL for a couple of years when you went down there, Scott. What was that that like when they told you that you were going to go down to the Phantoms for the year and kind of develop uh, your identity to come back as an NHL player? How did you handle that? Yeah, to be honest, it was pretty tough at the start, I think. Sure. Uh, that initial first couple of days, uh, I don't know if you're in shock. I don't think you're ever really in shock when you get sent down, but uh, just just uh, probably disappointed. You, you always want to play in the NHL, but uh, at that time, um, I think Kexi uh, tried to do what was best for me, and, and, uh, and I think it worked out. I think Cordo... Um, gave me a lot of opportunity in the minors, and, and I worked on a, a lot of little things in my game where um, I tried to become a better player, um, not only in the de- defensive zone and on the PK, but um, tried to become a really good five-on-five player and, and uh, be able to score five-on-five. It's, it's pretty hard in the NHL to get points five-on-five, um, five, so um, just tried to tried to do little things throughout the year and. Um, we had a really good group of guys down there too, so um, that definitely helped. But um, I think you got to go down there with the mindset of, of not even getting called back up, and, and you worry about um, the team you're on, and, and you worry about winning, and, and that's what I did. And um, our playoffs got cut a little short, but um, we had a really good team, and, and uh, that's what I was focused on all year was um, winning a Calder Cup and, and uh, being able to, to win with those guys. Well, what's it been like being back on the ice now? How's it feel? What did it, what did that first session feel like when uh, when you got back out there? It was good. I mean, uh, uh, you're definitely breathing a, a little heavy, and your your legs are a little heavier. But uh, yeah, it uh, it's all good to get back and and uh, see some some familiar faces, and um, definitely a little bit of a different time right now. But uh, definitely good to see the boys be back in the area and. Um, inching closer to, to coming into uh, the playoffs. And, and uh, I think guys are really ready. You guys look good out there. And, um, just uh, just excited. Yeah, everybody um, is, is kind of trickling in now. Uh, what's kind of been the, the, the vibe, for lack of a better term, uh, at the um, – you know, the, the skates that you guys are having, is it loose, but serious, like kind of describe what that vibe is like everybody coming back out to work, essentially, uh, to, you know, to, to try and get, try and win a cup. Yeah. It's, uh, definitely, I think it's definitely different at the rink and, and, uh, all that, but, um, I, I think guys look really good out there. Um, we've been doing some, some good drills, practices and, and, uh, 
and uh, trying to get ready. And, and uh, I think guys are, are starting to trickle in and, and uh, the excitement starts to come after you see guys. And uh, I think that's the main thing is, is the guys are really excited and, and uh, really pumped to be back. So um, that's a, a really big positive for our group. Scott, I'm trying to figure out, and I've been asking everybody under the sun that, that has a clue about the sport, uh, if the younger players are going to have an advantage in this unique situation or it's going to be veteran players who've kind of been there, done that. Um, you're a guy that doesn't fall on either side of that because you're in the middle. <laughs> um, I, I can't figure out who has an advantage here. Do you have any idea? Uh, no, I can't. Uh, I can't help you on that one. But uh, we're going to find out soon. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I think um, as an older player, you you uh, know different ways to to get yourself ready and and uh, be prepared. And um, obviously, that comfort uh, levels there uh, being in the NHL and playing. So um, we'll we'll see who has the advantage. But uh, I think. The game now, everyone's uh, training so hard, eating so well, and, and uh, being prepared that way. Um, guys are, are really taking care of their bodies, so um, it's uh, it's not too hard to, to get back in the, in the game shape, and, and uh, you just got to continue to skate and, and uh, do these, uh, these drills. Uh, by all reports, it looks like Toronto is going to be your hub city. Um, you're an Ontario boy. You got to like that, right? you'd rather be at the Wells Fargo yeah, center, but you'll take, you'll take Toronto. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it'll definitely be a little weird being, um, so close to my family and, and, uh, not being able to see them. But, uh, I think it's just a, a really cool thing to, uh, to be in my hometown. I talked to my, talked to my family about it the other day and, and uh, just to be, um, in Toronto and, and be able to play, um, at the rink. I, I used to go watch games as a kid, so um, definitely if it's if it's not at the Wells Fargo, this would be uh, probably uh, number one for me just as a as an Ontario kid and, and growing up in Toronto. It's uh, it's cool for me to still go back to to the rink and and uh, and play games. So um, I'm excited about it, and, and uh, it's just a really a different experience and and. Uh, Hopefully we can make it uh, pretty cool and fun to watch for the fans. Yeah, no question. Last question for you, Scott. Um, uh, we saw video of Oscar a couple weeks ago out on the ice. I know he was out on the ice again yesterday. Uh, he rang the bell signifying the end of his treatments uh, at Penn Med for uh, Ewing sarcoma. Um, we all know just the guy that Oscar is. He's just always with a smile and, and such a good guy. Um What's that moment been like for you, one of his teammates, to see him complete his treatments? Not only that, but get back on the ice during the treatments and, and now after. Yeah, um, it's pretty amazing, to be honest. And uh, kind of gives you butterflies thinking about it and, and uh, just seeing what, uh, what he went through and um, how much uh, he's fought. Um, yeah, it's just uh, cool to, to see that and um, pretty special. So everyone knows how good of a guy he is, how much energy he brings, how much positivity he brings. So um, just really, really cool. I think one thing that's lost a little bit now, Lots, is, is how good of a hockey player he is. He was having a great year, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and that's, what, uh, that's what everyone was saying too. And, and he's, 
he's so smart, uh, so good in front of the net. And, uh, yeah, just seeing that video of him on the ice was, uh, yeah, uh, it really makes you feel good. Yeah, it's great. And, and Scott, uh, hey, man, a dual award winner. And like I said at the beginning, you know, I know you don't do it for awards, but these are two very deserving awards for you. The Yannick Dupre Class Guy Award and the Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy is the most improved player voted by your teammates. Congrats on uh, on both awards. Um, I know you would rather have been at the Wells Fargo Center uh, getting those uh, accolades in front of a, a packed house as the playoffs are ready to start, but uh, Flyers Daily will do for now. And uh, I appreciate you doing this. Best of luck getting uh, preparations for the season underway. And uh, as these things get started here in August, uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Man. Everybody's, everybody's really pumped up. All right. Thanks so much, Jason. Now, if you've listened to Flyers Daily for any period of time, we've had Scott on probably three or four times, and he's one of the great guys to listen to. Uh, genuine person, has really uh, found his niche in the NHL, former number one uh, dr- uh, first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, went down for a year and spent a season with the Phantoms to kind of figure out what his game was going to be at the NHL level, and you heard him talk about it. That's not an easy thing to hear when you've been a- at the show in the NHL for a couple of years. He went down, took care of business, put in the work, came back, and you're seeing the success of that now, and a uh, very deserving guy to win both of these awards, the Yannick Dupre Award, for being a, a class guy, a guy the media loves to deal with, gives you an honest answer, and uh, treats everybody with respect. And then the Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy, I know that one means a lot to him because that's voted on by his teammates. And uh, players value uh, the feeling of your teammates in that room more than anything. So uh, congratulations to Scott Lawton. Uh, well-deserved on both of those awards. Now coming up uh, on Friday's episode, we'll have the winner of the Barry Ashby Trophy as awards week continues as well. That is the Flyers' most outstanding defenseman. That's voted on by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters, myself included. Uh, So the winner of the Barry Ashby Trophy will join us coming up on Friday. And then on Monday's episode, our Bob Clark Trophy Award winner will join us. That's the team's most valuable player, and that also is voted on by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters, myself included, full disclosure. Uh, so we'll have that coming up on Monday as well as Awards Week continues. And also coming up in tomorrow's episode, uh, you'll hear from Flyers goalie coach Kim Dillaball. We'll talk to Kim on how goalies prepare in this unique situation after a 130-day, it'll all said and done, it'll be about a 150-day pause uh, to playing hockey how that will affect the goaltenders, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott. We'll talk to Kim about that and much more. But right now, Coaches Week continues. And here's my conversation with Flyers assistant coach, Michelle Terrian. Coaches Week continuing here on Flyers Daily as preparations are underway for training camps uh, beginning next week. And right now joining us is Flyers assistant coach, Michelle Terrian. Michelle, how are you? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? We're all hanging in there, man. It's been uh, 121, 122 days since you guys last played a game. Does it feel yeah. that long? Does it feel like March 83rd today, or are you ready to get back <laughs> on the ice? <laughs> no, we're ready. I think we're all anxious, and uh, we're excited. And uh, now we're back in town. And, uh, we are looking forward that everything's going to uh, be in place and, and be ready to work with the players. So uh, coaches are in town, and uh, we're getting prepared. So we're, we're pretty excited. You know, Mike, I was looking back at um, your coaching record back when you came out of a lockout and had a shortened season back way back when. Uh, Mike Yo's mm-hmm. record that year as well in 05-06 and, and Elaine's. And you guys all had great years. And I talked to Mike about this the other day. Um, is that something you can draw on, that lockout situation? I know this is far different, but uh, is that something maybe you can draw on to uh, kind of map out the right plan to get this team ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs? Right. 
Yeah, you, you know what? You got that. Uh, you, you got that right. You know, this is something like uh, we never experienced. First of all, a situation like this. But in the meantime, we've been to lockout before, and uh, the three of us got success when we came up from the lockout. So uh, definitely, we're talking about it. We're getting prepared, and uh, it's all about preparation. But the players going to have the big part of it to make sure that. Uh, when we're going to start and be practicing with them, uh, even if we, 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 we teach them, the players are going to need to make sure that, first of all, they're in good shape and they, they pay a lot of attention to detail that we're going to try to approach with them. But uh, the thing that we were confident is that uh, all, season, all season long, they really bind to uh, what we, uh, as a coaching staff, we try to uh, teach them. They respond well, they're confident, so uh, uh, that's why, you know what, uh, regarding the, 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 how can I say it, the preparation, but all, all the coaches and players are going to get to make sure it's going to be on the same page, and I believe they'll do uh, Michelle, you were head coach for 19, se- or actually even more than that, 23 seasons. You, your teams did not make the playoffs about five times. What is the, what is the key to success in playoffs at the NHL level, what what is it that you need to capture right away to go on a long run? Well, you know what, uh, uh, it's first of all you 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 need to be confident. That's the number one thing. You need to make sure that system wise you're going to be sharp, uh, and um, you need goaltending. Your goaltending is really important um, to make a long run. You know, I um, like he did the same thing. He ended up losing two times in the Stanley Cup final. I ended up losing in the Stanley Cup final when I was in Pittsburgh. Uh, he, he, everybody's got a job to do. They got to accept their job, and uh, you need to be healthy. That's a big part of it. And uh, if your 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 top players are, are getting hurt, uh, well, it's going to be it's going to be tough to uh, to get success. So everything's got to everything's got to be there at the right time. And uh, uh, you need some depth, and we believe that we got some depth because we were missing some players for the course of the season, and we called up some players to really value, really help us to uh, uh, to get success in the course of the season. So, you know what? It's one game at a time. It's it's it, it, it's a long, long, long way to get to the Stanley Cup, and uh, but. Uh, in the meantime, it's a fun challenge. Uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you, you need a little luck sometimes, too. You get into an overtime game where, you know, you could go down 2-0 in a series or up 3-1 or down 3-1. You hit a post and, and you end up – the other team hits a post, you end up winning or you get one of those saves like Braden Holpe makes back in 2017 with the yeah. inside of the paddle. Yeah. You, need, you need a couple of bounces, too, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> right. I've been to some playoffs with uh, some of my teams and uh, – uh, there was years that uh, we got the break and uh, ended up winning a series, and uh, and I thought the other team at time played better than us, and it could happen another season that uh, I thought we we uh, outplayed the other team and uh, uh, we hit like four or five posts and uh, we ended up losing the series. So you you know everything's got a time and place all together. You need the right call too from the referees. You know sometimes yeah. they're part of it. You could sit last year. I don't remember Vegas and San yep. Jose, and they ended up losing. So everything's got to fall 
in place at the right time. Yeah, it really is. It, it's, it takes a lot to win a cup. That's why it's the hardest trophy uh, to win yeah. in sports. Uh, Michelle, um, you know, you've been through it so many times. Um, when you look at this team that you have, you just mentioned the depth. Uh, Chuck Fletcher goes out at the deadline. He had Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, extremely versatile veteran players. You have a lot of young players on this team as well. Uh, you got a yeah. lot of different angles you can throw at teams, and everybody's got to be prepared because you never know. I mean, you could go deep into your roster here with the extras as well, don't you? Yeah, I thought uh, Chuck did a fantastic job about bringing those two guys, and uh, especially in key position, like like Cinnamon. And uh, they got experience, and uh, they, they, they had an impact. And uh, you could see that when uh, we were doing really good even before they got here, but then when, 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 they, uh, when Chuck made those trades, you know, you could sell you could feel the players, you know, they believe that uh, the uh, the management and coaches believe in them and really give them that extra push on those two guys was a, was a big part of it. Yeah, and coaches love when uh, the general manager upgrades the team but doesn't take anything away from you guys either. He didn't trade anything away. So you, you still get the full complement and you get some more experience and versatility there. Um, when you look at the system that the NHL and the NHLPA uh, agreed to with the the play-in round, the, the best of five for the teams not in the top four, and and you guys as a number four seed in that round robin. Um, is the integrity there uh, for the Stanley Cup for you with the way they had to do things in a, in a very unprecedented situation? Well, you know, this is something that nobody faced before. So uh, as a competitor, you know, I always believe you got to have to make the play out. You got to go through that, uh, all that, that, that season long. So, uh and uh, it's it's demanding. It's tough to make the playoffs. And um, but I understand the situation. Like this year is kind of different. There are some teams got some breaks uh, to play in that uh, best of five series, and we're gonna be there and playing that run run. And this is something again. It's gonna be new for everyone. So how we're gonna approach it? This is what the discussion that we got right now with all the coaches. Uh, uh, how do we approach those games? We've got to make sure that uh, uh, we need as many players as we want to be able to to play uh, because, uh, you know, down the road, uh, uh, it's a sprint, but in the meantime, it could be a marathon, you know, the playoffs. So uh, uh, we'd like, we'd, uh, and we're not going to have like four or five exhibition games to make sure everyone's ready. So, so there's a fine line about that. And, uh, uh, this is going to be something sp- different for uh, the team that will be a best of five, and it's going to be something different for teams that are going to be that round robin and uh, to make sure we're prepared for the playoffs. One thing I've talked about, Michelle, too, is, is the fact of how well the league uh, with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly heading uh, that side of the table up, if you will, uh, with Donald Fear and the NHL Players Association, that return to play committee with James Van Riemsdyk on it as well how well they handled this situation, uh, ensuring labor certainty beyond now six years uh, to kind of share the pain and uh, the, the financial elements of the game. And so everybody comes back feeling really good where the league is. Uh, were, were you impressed with how uh, hockey and the NHL and the players and everybody handled this very uh, crazy situation? Yeah, I think um, I think everyone understands that with the integrity of the game, you know, everybody's got to, uh, they got to make sure that, that they all come up together with some solution, and I think both sides did a great job. And then at the end of the day, where the player wants to compete for a Stanley Cup playoffs, and uh, 
fans uh, it's too bad the fans won't be able to 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 be at the game and uh, we don't we don't understand why i think over the people that's the most important thing but i think uh, fans are going to watch a lot of games and they're going to be there on tvs and the players going to compete and even if there's no play there's no people in the ring i think what player will get used to that and uh, i think the compete level more they're going to play the game more it's going to be there yeah, just put a picture of that big, shiny Stanley Cup on the Jumbotron. Let them see that. They'll be motivated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, as a guy that's who, the reason why we're there. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's the trophy. It's, it's got its own magnetic field. It just draws you in. It's so spectacular to see. Um, uh, Mike, let me ask you about this because you coached in Pittsburgh. You mentioned you, know, you went to the finals uh, in, in 2008, 2009 against Detroit, uh, or 2007-8, sorry. Um, but, but you look at that that team. And I know in Philadelphia, you know, it's, it's very fashionable to hate the Penguins and, and hate Sidney Crosby, but he's a special player and he, and he took his game to a different level uh, on the biggest stages. What is it? A, yeah. What is that like for a player? What What is that it factor that he has that's allowed him to have so much success and you're hoping to duplicate here in Philadelphia with a few of your players? Well, he's, uh, as we all know, you know, uh, um, uh, He's capable. Uh, first of all, he's a great leader, and he, and great players are capable to bring their game to another level at the right time. And uh, this is why a guy like Crosby always got the uh, most of the time he's got a lot of success. So, uh, uh, and uh, I'm expecting that uh, uh, our leaders and they have to bring their game to another level when they get to the playoffs. It's going to be a challenge because we haven't played for three months, uh, even more. Uh, for everyone, not only for us, but for other teams. But uh, you expect your 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 leaders, your best players, to even uh, uh, to bring their game to another level to uh, to be able to get a lot of to get to get success in the playoffs. Uh, you look at a guy like Matt Niskanen who won a cup. Uh, I alluded to it earlier with Washington back in 2017. Uh, he's your lone cup winner on the team. He mentioned when I yeah. talked to him a couple of weeks ago that the conversations about what it takes to win a cup with his teammates. Uh, they began in late February, March. Uh, he's a leader on this team, a veteran, a guy who's been there and has the hardware to show for it. Having his presence there, th- th- everybody benefits from that, don't they? Oh, for sure. And he's been such a good leader in, for our hockey team. And uh, he's playing with uh, Provolov. And, uh, and they've been playing really good together. And uh, You could tell he, he leads the right way. You know, He leads the way to be practicing. Push, you know, you, if you're a young player, you want to, you're looking at him uh, like a Niskan and uh, you want to practice with him. You want to approach the game with him. And this is what you, and I think Chuck Fletcher uh, did a great job about bringing some guys that great work habits and uh, great, uh, great personality and, uh, uh, and you want to stand it up. And uh, definitely what I need to be is uh, him to share your experience about how to get success in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things too, isn't it, where you can't get too high on a win and you can't get too low on a loss. you got to just turn it to the next game and yeah. and, t- and just keep taking care. It's very business-like, isn't it? It is business-wise. And you got to make sure you do the little, the little thing right, you know? You can't think about making the big plays before make sure you're making the little play right, you know? Sometimes, you know, when you get to the playoffs, when you don't have the experience, you're thinking, you're thinking you're going to make the big plays, the big plays, and most of the time it's going to hurt you. you got to focus about doing the little, the, the little play, the little thing the right way. Make sure you're playing the right way. 
And uh, this is always the way how you get success. Yeah, I've talked about that a ton uh, here on the podcast, that hockey is a game of the little details. Um, you have a couple of players uh, that perform the little details at an elite level. One of them is Sean Couturier, who's certainly going to be a finalist for the Selkie and should win it. Um, talk about what you've seen out of Sean Couturier now that you get to see him up close uh, every day yeah. at practices, the way he conducts himself on and off the ice. You, you played against him for years, but to see it uh, day in and day out, what have you been impressed by with his game? Uh, I'm, very, I'm very impressed about the way that he's approaching the game, the way he plays the game. Um, uh, he's, I believe he should win. He should win the trophy in the Celtic this year because you know, he, you know what, he's having a big role in, with our team because he's playing against top player game in game out. You know, so that's a huge challenge for players like that. And most of the night, you know, he's got he's on top of it. So uh, I'm really impressed about the he played the way that he's thinking the game. And I like to have conversation with him because sometimes I will, I, I'm not afraid as a coach and to share uh, how do you see that play. Uh, and, uh, we got a conversation about sometimes whatever it's on power play, PK or five on five. And uh, uh, he's been really good uh, uh, with, with uh, first of all, as a veteran, he's been really good about the, with their young kids because, you know, uh, he's practicing hard and he's in great shape and he approaches the game that he wants to win every night. Yeah, I love the fact that, like, you, you can go to him and ask him what he's seen on the ice and because he's such a smart player, the son of a coach, that always helps, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want those guys. And, and I always said this, too. Uh, when A.V. decides to juggle the lines, I imagine that outside of your coach's uh, office room where you guys all kind of congregate, uh, there's a line of wingers out there going, can I play with that guy? Because you're, he, 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 he helps everybody out, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like everyone's playing with their success. So uh, and there's a reason why, you know, because he's playing the right way. You know, and, uh, uh, he, and this is what good players likes to do. They likes to help their teammates. They likes to like, they, they likes to, uh, uh, to help their, 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 their line mates. So, and, uh, Michelle, how uplifting was it for you, the coaching staff, uh, and the players to see Oscar Lindblom back on the ice a couple weeks ago? Then we got to see him ring that bell, signifying the end of oh. his uh, treatments and Ewing sarcoma, and the way he's conducted himself with such dignity uh, throughout a very difficult situation. Uh, what was that like for well, you to, to see that stuff? Oh. Oh, that was that was, you know what I was uh, I was back home in Cannes in Montreal and uh, and when uh, when I saw it I come and I asked my wife to come and see it and uh, to be quite honest we were uh, really emotional and uh, and we got some goosebumps and uh, I sent a text right away after he responded so I was so proud uh, I was so proud for him that uh, uh, that he only ring that bell and the way he handled himself. So uh, that was really emotional for, uh, for, for our family when uh, we saw Oscar did that. So I'm so, I'm so proud of him. Yeah, he's, su he's such a good man. Um, and yeah. I think one of the things that's been overlooked a little bit uh, throughout this process and him fighting his fight is, is how good of a hockey player he is. Yeah, you can kind of forget about that. No? <laughs> <I know that's laughs> the most important thing that... Uh, he battled hard to get uh, to uh, to be healthy, 
But uh, on the other hand, we can't wait for him that uh, he'll be healthy enough to get you to get back with the Flyers jersey. But the most important thing right now, he's got to make sure he's 100%. Oh boy, I hope fans are in the stands when he gets back on that ice because it'll be electric when he does. Uh, last question I for you. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I faced that before when you're talking about fans valuing the players that uh, came back from cancer. I was coaching in Montreal when Saka Koivu came back. Mm-hmm. After, uh, that was a full year that uh, he came to the end of the year. And the um, first game, I remember, as I was not able to stand behind the bench, yeah, I went back to the dressing room like a baby because you know, it was, was really emotional when the fan was there you know, in a standing ovation. So it's going to be something special in the day that the Oscar is going to get back there. So uh, I've been facing that uh, before, so uh, can't wait it happen again. Yeah, I remember when Mario came back, his first game back was in Philadelphia. Okay. and it, Yeah, Flyers fans gave him a standing ovation, recognizing not only the great talent, but uh, the fight that he came back and, and played in the NHL. Uh, last question for you, Michelle. Um, the, the coaching staff, uh, we've talked about it a ton. Well, all the experience you guys have, three former or three head coaches and uh, just, you know, what you guys all bring to the table. But I don't even want to focus on that. I want to focus on it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun together. You, Elaine, uh, Mike Yo, Ian LaPerriere, Kim Dillabaugh. Um, it seems like you guys are really enjoying this experience working together. Yeah, it's a good group. I'm really, uh, I'm, 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 we all feel very comfortable around each other. We, uh, AV is a leader, obviously, and, uh, he's not afraid to give us uh, a lot of responsibility. And we have, yeah, we have a lot of discussion. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the most important thing we rely on the decision that, uh, the head coach will take. And, uh, but, of guys to work together and uh, uh, we've got a good bond we believe in each other and I think the players feel that too you know I think it's important that uh, there's no crack in the, in the coaching staff so uh, 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 even if we have experience most important thing you want to be surround yourself with good people and uh, I really like the personally I really like to work with all those guys that we got here yeah, you got to be unified, and you're right. If there's a crack, yeah. uh, players sense that, and that is never good yeah. for a team. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, I- I'm glad everybody's coming back. I, I know uh, you're looking forward to camp and looking forward to get this whole thing underway. Uh, as always, we appreciate you taking the time here on Flyers Daily and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. My pleasure, anytime. Always great to talk to Flyers assistant coach Michelle Terry. If you missed any of the coaches this week, again, Mike Yo was our, our guest on Monday. Uh, Ian LaPerriere yesterday. Obviously, Michelle Terrien here today, Kim Dillaball tomorrow, and Awards Week continues as well. Uh, and we'll get to, uh, again, that Barry Ashby Trophy winner coming up in tomorrow's episode and the Bob Clark Trophy winner coming up on Monday's episode, which is also the day when training camps officially begin for the Philadelphia Flyers and the rest of the NHL. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, which is brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. That way, when a new episode comes out, we're, going, we're back to a Monday through Friday routine right now, so five episodes a week. And when games get underway, we'll go back to a seven-day a week uh, as the games will ramp up with six games a day in the National Hockey League. There'll be a ton to talk about and a ton of angles of conversation and reaction to 
the games and, and everything that happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then also uh, make sure you leave us a rating and a review as well. We always appreciate everybody that does that. I read the reviews, and I appreciate everybody that takes the time uh, to do that for us. It helps other Flyer fans find this podcast, so it's truly appreciated to know that. And we truly appreciate you listening. In the meantime, everybody stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Day. hold on so nervously to me and my drink. I wish it was cool and me, but so far has not been good. It's been shitty, and I feel awkward as I should. This club has got to be.